I'm John Deeks and welcome to Your Life Choices podcast. Now today I'm joined by a regular contributor to Your Life Choices, a lady known for her quirky human interest and wonderful travel stories. Di Morton can be found in The Age, also Nessus Cosmos and uh, Victorian Association of Teachers of English and the Bayside Writers Group. In a recent article on Your Life Choices, Di claimed that many of today's millennials attack us for squeezing them out of the housing market and generally ruining the world around them. But in our defence, our early life wasn't exactly a bowl of cherries either. But Di is a little weary of the attack on baby boomers and feels that some things need to be put right, especially in the area of schooling. And Di joins us right now. Di, welcome. And are you turning into a cranky old lady? Well, I hope not, John, but occasionally (laughs) my hackles rise and I think, you know, sometimes we need to set the record a little bit straighter because obviously the millennials weren't around when we were growing up. And um, I had an experience a few years ago where I was looking through some old photos and I found my prep class photo and I thought, oh, I wonder how many were in the class. So I counted the heads and I was appalled. There were 43 students. And I went, oh, my goodness. And I teach, or I used to teach in uh, schools in Melbourne. And I thought, I struggle with 25, let alone 43. And I thought, yeah, our children, the millennials, have no idea that we sat through that kind of large numbers in a class. And I wondered how in the world did they ever learn how to read and write? All right. Now, let me be a a devil's advocate here, Di, and say perhaps – there wasn't, uh, like, like your 25 students you taught was very different teaching uh, methods than there were back in the 50s or the, the 60s. Absolutely. I mean, today we consult with the students, we have projects, we look at big questions. A lot of it's generated by the students themselves. Well, that was unheard of in, in my day. It was all rote learning. And if you didn't recite your tables correctly, mm. you got mm. whacked over the knuckles with a a wooden ruler, and I have vivid memories of the boys in particular being given the strap. Hello, my hand is up and out. I remember quite yes. well. So so you can't say that, that they were the good old days. They surely die. No, no, I wouldn't say that in terms of education they were the good old days at all. So, again, the millennials don't have an experience of that. And, of course, the materials that even we used, you know, the paper was not as readily available. Pencils, if you had cold pencils, you considered yourself lucky. <laughs> if if someone had the Derwent pencils, oh Lighty my goodness, they were extremely well-off students and the rest of us were as envious. I was, as a, I was a student monitor to have to fill up the inkwells at Ripponlea State School. Yes. yes, and remember the milk we used to have in the morning? Yes, which is why a lot of the kids would uh, just throw up constantly because uh, the milk would be left out in the crates and the poor kids would be drinking the the milk and there'd always be some kid who couldn't handle it because who would know that he was lactose intolerant? (laughs) Yeah, well, that's true. Or I'd have just sat in the sun and it curdled slightly. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Look, there there were elements that our or the younger generation would just not understand. I mean, the other thing was things like Lunches, you know, we'd bring a sandwich, probably a Vegemite sandwich, wrapped up in, you know, wax paper and an apple. That might have been our lunch. You know, really the canteen, I don't don't think many kids could afford to buy things at the canteen. I can remember bringing my Vegemite and lettuce tomato 
sandwiches to school, to Ripon Lee State School, and uh, a lot of the migrant kids would come along with uh, these exotic meats and other bits and pieces, and we'd go, oh, what's that? And now yes. we pay full retail. Hey. Well, that's right. It's coming full circle. All yeah. of the, the sort of ethnic food is now what we want to eat. But, yes, I had a good friend who was constantly teased all through primary school because she'd bring Greek food to school and the kids would, the same thing, turn their nose up at it. Um, So there's ironies in all of this. I mean, I think what we're really talking about is a huge change in Australian culture since the late 1950s to now. It's seen massive social change in so many areas, not just in education. You know, we've gone from a culture that rarely had a decent cup of coffee, it would have been perhaps instant, to Mm. now we're the coffee capital of the world and very snobby about our coffee. So things have changed dramatically. I, I often try and explain that, as I said, to my own, you know, young adults. And in a way, it's like talking about living on Mars. It is. What things would you like to still see in our community and in our culture in 2023 that were in the 50s or 60s? Look, I think there are huge problems for today's youth in that the world is very commercial now. It's it's commercialised. Everything is commercialised, you know, from the clothes we wear. Yes, and instant. So I think that the pressures are different on our young people. Social media is making life... I think extremely difficult because we're always comparing with what yeah, comparing with someone else's wearing, what they're doing. We Photoshop ourselves. We look as if we're having a glamorous life, and and they're impossible standards to live up to. So you know, I, I see the young people that I've taught who do seem to want to buy into all of this, and I feel like saying, look, guys, this is not going to ultimately make you happy. Mm. You know, having meaningful connections other things that are going to make you happy in life, not the things that you've acquired or bought or want. So I think the childhood we had, I know in some ways it seems a bit deprived, but it was simple and, you know, we'd go outside and play. Um, We'd have friendships. We weren't staring at a computer screen all day or at our iPad swiping, you know, and looking at stuff. It was a different life. It, it was, Di, and it, uh, um, we're just going to have to look back and go, well, that was then and this is now and uh, you can do what you can with the with your with your children, your grandchildren. But, boy, one thing that makes me just my blood boil is when you're sitting down for a meal with others and uh, they put their child there in front of a screen. Just to, Anyway, now I'm sounding like a cranky old man, uh, so I'll, yes. I'll shut up. And this is the problem. We don't want to turn into cranky old people. We want to be still in touch with what young people are thinking and doing, but we also want to be able to share the experiences we've had so it's finding that balance, isn't it, without being redundant or being, you know, pushed aside. Ir- irrelevant, you're quite right. Uh, talking about uh, keeping relevant, you've uh, recently written, and it hasn't been uh, published as yet, a book called Kissing Frogs. And ah. I'd love very much just to uh, skirt around some of the, uh, the the reasons why you've written this book, Di. Well, of course, like a lot of writing, some of it's based on real-life experience and some of it's um, fictional. I've been uh, attempting to do 
online dating, oh my God, for an older person, which has its challenges. But I also think it probably has its challenges for every age group. Was that your first foray into online dating? Oh, yes. Well, you know, we have lives that don't always work out the way we want to and we are no longer with partners that we were with. So, yeah, quite a few years ago, friends encouraged me to try online dating and I thought, oh, no, I can't do this. This is just awful when I'm too old. However, I had a little bit of a foray and in order to cope with some of that, I decided to write some of my experiences and then create a fictional character around those experiences. So, yeah, it's a bit like Bridget Jones meets the baby boomers. (laughs) So what what were some of your experiences like? Ah, well, this... um, What was this fictitious person? Fictitious Sarah found... What did did Sarah, the fictitious person, find out out there in the uh, dating world? Yes, well, she found a lot of men who uh, appeared to be instantly 10 years older than their photo, Uh, some of them instantly boring, some of them uh, not exactly free and footloose. Right. Um, A number of them were, in fact, married men wanting a little bit on the side. Mm -hmm. So that was fascinating for the character. Um, Yeah, and just uh, uh, an array of people, I guess, who you think sometimes shouldn't have even been out dating because they hadn't got their life together. Was there a a choice of going to... um like writing groups, you, you love your literary world. Uh, you couldn't go to, uh, say, groups where you would uh, meet people of the opposite sex or people well, you'd be that, interested that, in? That's always a possibility. But I think the online world is such a pervasive world mm. now that you're, that that's the go-to for everyone. And while I was writing this, I was teaching and talking to my young colleagues and I'd share a chapter Mm. and they'd fall about laughing because they were having the exact same experience. Is that right? So it seems to be across the age groups that this is now a very acceptable way to meet people. It is. But also, for many of them, a very disappointing way to meet people or the fantasy of what you think you're going to meet never quite happens. What rules would Di Morton give to somebody to go online? How would you set up a profile? What things should be included? And what pitfalls are there when you access other people's information and want to make contact? I think you need to be open and honest as much as possible. I think you need relevant, modern, uh, recent photographs, not something 10 years old. For me, a lot of the profiles have very little information and you think, well, if you want to be on a site and you want to meet someone, surely you should share something about your life. Mm-hmm. You don't have to uh, put every detail there, but it has to be enticing enough for you to want to meet this person. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, the, the best thing is to actually yeah, physically go out and have a coffee with someone and have no expectations and just say, oh, you're an interesting person, let's sit down and chat about our lives and then see where it goes from there. Dare I ask, have you had a, a, an ongoing relationship since being <laughs> online, Di? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> oh, okay. Has Sarah had any success? Ah, oh, no, you have to read the book to find out about Sarah. <laughs> there are many funny chapters in the book, many funny experiences that Sarah, my fictional character, has had. 
I bet there are, and it sounds like a very good uh, movie script as well. Kissing Frogs hopefully will be released. Don't look for it now, folks, because it ain't out there, but hopefully Di will either self-publish, and I can assure you we'll give it plenty of publicity of this end, um, and uh, I hope I get to read it as well. Yes, well, I think you would probably fall about laughing with some of the chapters and perhaps cry in some of the others. I mean, it's not meant to be miserable. It's reasonably uplifting in the end. Uh, I'll, look, I've I've not sort of confessed to this, but I want to give you a little insight. I've not actually told this publicly, but uh, I'm 72 and uh, my relationship after 33 years finished some time ago, very amicably, and I sat on my boat basically for a couple of years and didn't go out, couldn't bear to go online, couldn't bear to go to the pub, if you will, or go and meet people. So, And suddenly somebody who 33 years ago was my boss came into my life um, after she had also uh, left a relationship after many, many years and we just connected through her seeing me on the Good Friday Appeal and uh, our relationship has blossomed into one that uh, is now an ongoing one. So it's amazing how things can happen. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, talking about going to the pub, you know, you said you you don't want to, you know, stand at the bar or whatever and have a look at the multitude there. I mean, it's it's exactly the same for women. Who who yeah. in their right mind would want to do that at the age that I am? And there's very few places really now for older people to meet people. I mean, it used to be the generation a few generations ago would go to dances. Yeah. Um, and they'd meet at St Kilda Town Hall or whatever, or there'd be the church social group mm. or, you know, other venues like that. But those avenues aren't there now. That's true. True. So, you know, in many ways you are stuck with online dating unless a friend of a friend knows someone and even that can be a bit difficult. So I think this is welcome to the world of online dating forever, really, with its pitfalls. So if there are any eligible gentlemen out there who would like to forward me the details, <laughs> I will vet them and pass them on to Sarah and uh, you Sarah, never know your luck. Yes, you just never know your luck in a big city, as they say. But look, I think what that all leads to is the fact that no matter what age we are, we want meaningful relationships with people. Mm, Agreed. I think that's the focus of most people's lives. And that's what gives you the joy in your life. Di, I couldn't agree more. And uh, it's been absolutely sensational talking to you. Thank you so much. Lovely to chat, John. And uh, good luck with... Kissing Frogs. I hope it does get published, even if it is self-published. As I say, I'd love to have a have a read of it, and uh, I wish you great success into the future. And look forward to more of your articles on the Your Life Choices website. Thank you very much, John. Di Morton was our special guest today on Your Life Choices, and uh, please, folks, do go uh, onto our website and tell as many people as you can, because we have over two hundred and seventy thousand members. It's absolutely free. It's Australia's longest established and most trusted digital destination for the over fifties. I'm your host, John Deeks, and on behalf of all the team, be well, be happy, and we'll see you next time.